0: Welcome to The Pulse in Gassaway, West Virginia, the best place to be this morning. (laughs) Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for uh, just the praise team practice that we just had. Lord, we sensed your spirit in it. Lord, we sensed you, Lord, even before we came up the stairs. Lord, we were uh, talking with uh, some members of the church. And Jesus, we know you're here in this place, for you live here. You dwell here. This is your home, and we praise you for it, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would truly be acceptable to you, Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, truly you are our strength and our redeemer. Blessed be your holy name. Well, last week we talked about going from mourning to dancing And somewhere along the line, when we go from morning to dancing, we have that choice of moving along and on into the dancing part. We're making that decision within our heart. But people, once we make that decision and that choice, is there any fighting still going on? Do you, have you been fought this week in areas where you have gone from mourning to dancing? Have, have you been fought at all? Or have you not been fought, which would be a, simply a wonderful thing. When we are fought going from mourning to dancing and we've made that choice to make that change, When we feel the enemy try to fight against us, what we do right there, and this goes for everything of our walk, we plead the blood. We plead the blood. Pleading the blood means as you plead it, you are pleading the blood over any weaknesses or any place that the enemy is trying to fight you. You are saying, Lord, I gave that to you. It's yours. Devil, get away from me. Jesus, cleanse my heart. And help me, Jesus, to fight because of who you are so that we can continue going from mourning to yes yes, dancing. I just praise him. I know that was a, a small message, a little one. But I know for me in my life, pleading the blood Uh, has nourished me it's helped me to continue keeping on keeping on moving forward pressing past the things that the enemy would try to place in our way and moving on to the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior oh Jesus we love you today We praise your holy name for you are so holy. Lord, may we keep on keeping on. May we march on to who you are. Oh God, you truly are our strength and our redeemer. And for those that are listening, if he's not your strength, if he is not your redeemer, today, right now, is your chance to make him your strength, your redeemer, to be cleansed of all things unrighteous, and to march forward to that prize in Christ Jesus. If you don't know anything about him right now, you can say, Lord, please forgive me of all of it, all of it, all of it. Oh, all of it means all. Anything we said, thought, did, anything unrighteous, unholy. And because of who you are, you cleanse us. Now we are ready to walk with you. We praise you. May we get to that mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, honey. I'm going to ask you a real quick question. Anybody feel like they've been in an unusual battle this week? Raise your hand. if you just feel like this has been an unusual week for you as far as battles? Well, I want you to be encouraged because God hasn't changed a bit. His promises haven't changed a bit. Who he is has never changed a bit, even if you have a bad week. <clears throat> Here's a thought that came to me this morning. God is taking us to a sober awakening in the church in the church I believe that God is doing things that we don't see right now we see the darkness we see the clouds the rainy days but God right now is working in this nation in this country in this world there is I believe a great awakening that has begun the third great awakening and for those of you that might be going through something be encouraged God hasn't changed He isn't moved by it. When you see all the trouble things going on, you see people doing things you can't understand. God hasn't changed. It doesn't move him at all. Same yesterday, today, and forever. We've been speaking on a topic that uh, I hope has been encouraging to some of you. It's called Seed Time and Harvest. And we're so glad to have you with us. My wife, Cynthia, I'm John Sandy. This is the Pulse Church. And if you're here live with us or on delay, you're still right on time. So let's start out with something we were ending up with. We were talking a little bit about uh, a nobleman ending with theirs to start out today. And why do do some things come back 60, 30, or 100-fold? I think it all goes back to our investment well, we even invested in it. There was a certain man, this is Luke 19, I believe it's Luke 19, there is a certain man, a nobleman, that wanted to set up a kingdom. And in the process, he told ten of his servants to go out and invest his money. He gave each one of them the equivalency of 30 days, 30 months of wages. A lot of money. And when he came back, he was surprised, surprised to find out just the different ways that they invested his money. One man, uh, gay, uh, invested his money. <clears throat> find here quickly for here he earned him ten. That's called menaces or minuses. That's the equivalency of of uh, ten days of wages. Uh, another servant five. Both received the reward in proportion to their success. So those are the first two. He gave ten to one and five to another. The third servant, he went ahead and buried his, the money he gave him, and put it in a handkerchief and stuck it in in the ground. I think it's interesting what the nobleman had to say to him because it sounds so contemporary. He said, why didn't you at least put it in the bank to get interest? Now, we all know the CDs don't make a lot right now, but it's better than nothing, as my wife and I would say right now during the, the stocks and what's going on with the stocks. So he was making a point, and he told this man, he called him a wicked servant. Now, there's different definitions of the word wicked, and we're going to talk about that. One is lazy, unfruitful unproductive. In other words, you're not doing with what God gave you. Are you? Am I? Are we doing with what God gave us? You may say, well this person, well they've got all these talents and this and that and you think, well I can't do that. But are you doing with what he gave you? Cynthia and I were talking about this one day, or maybe it was one of my sisters, about how God will take us into a place and then he'll show us gifts we have while we're there. He'll show us we have abilities while we're there. And he said, Why didn't you put it in the bank? He said, At least collect some interest. Here we see in this parable how God still measures back to us as we have invested in his kingdom. Now remember, I may have misquoted a moment ago, but all the three servants received the same amount of money to invest, one got more back than the other. He rewarded both of them. One got back more than the other, but he still rewarded both of them. It was the one that did nothing with his talents, his abilities, his opportunities, that he called wicked. So here we see a parable where the the how God will measure back what we give. We will reap rewards in heaven as we are faithful to sow into the lives of those around us each day i mentioned earlier the other day that the parable of sowing the seeds every one of those seeds that were dropped were good seeds so why would someone drop seeds on fallow ground well like the man that put his in the ground in a handkerchief wicked lazy good for nothing. (laughs) We've all all heard that expression. It's good for nothing. Well, there's a truth in that. If you don't take what God's given us, are you sleeping through this life? Are you really doing God's will? Are you seeking His will? Let's say you don't know what it is. God is faithful. He'll show you if you make yourself available. If you make yourself available, God in turn will get you where He wants you. He'll give you all the seeds you need and he'll instruct you to start planting them in proper places. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 from the New King James Version. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. You and I will inherit in heaven the fruits of our labors here. He says, store up your treasures in heaven. Well, how do you store something you don't have? So we've got to be about his business here. We've got to be about God's work. And what he's called us to do. God wants you to know what his will is for you. God gave you, even before the foundation of time, he put everything together for you. You have a calling, a purpose. There's not, we've seen the old posters that God doesn't make any junk. He doesn't. Every single one of you in here are listening live or a delight, I want you to know something. That God has a divine purpose for you that you can only fulfill by obeying Him. You're not going to take any shortcuts and find your way to your divine purpose. You're not going to accidentally stumble upon God. You're going to have to seek Him. And as you seek Him, He's going to reveal to you what you're called to do, where to go, and what to do. He'll show you all things, and He will even go and prepare a place for you. Not just in heaven, but here on earth. A place for you to be used of Him. Please don't be discouraged if you feel like you don't have much to offer. There are many people that live their whole lives and don't even touch God's will for them, but you are pleasing to Him. Do you know that faith pleases Him? Did you know that He is moved by your faith? Now, faith itself doesn't move God, faith moves mountains. What do I mean by that? He's already said, by His stripes you were healed. He's already told you His promises. He's laid it all out in the Bible. Everything He has already done that He said on the cross, it is finished. Now, it's our turn to trust Him, to love Him, to put Him first, to seek Him first, to deny ourselves and take up our cross as He did and follow Him. Emptying yourself of the self-will and filling yourself with His will. And you will find that you'll be in the happiest place you will ever be if you are doing God's will and not your own. Matthew 6, 19-21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. <coughs> now this scripture tells us that you will get your treasures here. He says, store them up in heaven, right? He said, don't store them here. So that tells you right now that your treasures will be got right here. This is where you're going to find those treasures he's talking about. Now, what kind of treasures are you storing up? Are <clears throat> you storing up things worldly, popularity, fame, wealth, fortune, are you store, What those are those the things you're storing up? You will take none of them with you. None. Zero. With a rim knocked off. But we want to store treasures in heaven. Now, how do we do that? Well, he already tells us that the things that will not go to heaven with us will be destroyed by rust and moths. Earthly things, physical things. <clears throat> so what is he saying? Spiritual things. We are to seek out spiritual things in our life and in touching other people's lives every day. We go about seeking who he wants us to talk to, witness to, help, encourage, pray for. Every day. If I, as I've mentioned, if I can go out and run And in the midst of my run, stopped three different times and helped different people and pray for people. On my run, that means I had my antenna up. I was looking. God, what is it you want to do with me today? And if I feel clear, I'll run or whatever. But God is wanting us to seek Him every day. He's wanting us to store up spiritual things. Seeds in the the parable of the, the sower Seeds are spiritual. These are not physical seeds. <clears throat> Excuse me. These are spiritual seeds. These are seeds that you can take to heaven. Just like the wonderful song by Ray Boltz, Thank You, Lord. Talks about how he went to heaven, and all of a sudden God starts showing him all the things he had laid up here in heaven. And they were all people. They were all souls. They were all Spiritual. When's the last time you touched someone's life? Spiritually. Now we can be nice to people and that's all wonderful. That's part of cultivating the ground I talked about last week. But at what point did you ever plant a seed? Have you planted seeds? How long has it been? Can you look back over the day or week and look at the things God did through you? See, the seeds that we plant come out of our lives. It's our lives that plant seeds. When you go to someone and you're loving them and you're helping them with something and you're telling them about Jesus, that's a seed that came out of your mouth. That's a seed that came out of you. So God will give you all the seeds you can handle. The more you obey him, the more Blessed you will bless God. Because you have, to, you have to use faith. And you all know that without faith, the Bible says we can't please Him. Says <clears throat> says, But lay out for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust destroys, and where things do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. Bingo, right? There it is. You say, well, you know, God doesn't talk to me. I don't know of anything he's asked me to do. Oh, he's talking all the time. He's always talking to us. But are we listening? Are we, are we planting those seeds because we listen? <coughs> God, will, God will give you treasures if you choose, and he will store those in heaven for you. Is that exciting? I mean, think of someone your life has touched in the past. Think of somebody. know there's got to be somebody where you help someone. And you acknowledge Jesus in front of them. I love what John said one day in his sermon. We can bless people but not witness. You got to do both. Bless them, but also plant a seed. Say, you know, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Seed planted. <clears throat> now there may be some people you'll never see again. So you pray for God to bring people into their paths to nurture them. Pray for them. Pray for people you plant seeds in. You may not see them again, but that doesn't remove you from the other processes that come after planting. You can still help cultivate the ground and pull the weeds for the fruit to grow by praying. Sometimes I, we get kind of... Humored when we say, well, this is so bad, I guess the only thing left to do is pray. That's the first thing, not the last. But sometimes that's the attitude we have. Well, if we can't do anything else, if we can't do it in the flesh, we'll do it and we'll pray now. Now we'll get Jesus involved, right? Now, right at the beginning, we need him involved. Would you rather enjoy treasures or things hoarded for this temporal time on earth Or store your treasures of those who hold eternal life. That's treasures in heaven. Spiritual things. Things that are eternal. That can be enjoyed for all eternity. Think of it this way. You do something on earth that's spiritual. You do something for God. It's in heaven. Or you do something on earth that's just temporal. Now, there's nothing wrong with having money, nothing wrong with being prosperous. It's the love of it, right? So we have to have things in balance. Or would you rather have things here on earth? It doesn't mean God won't give you a little of both. In fact, if you're faithful to the spiritual, He'll bless you with the physical a lot of times. But let's say you do store up something on earth and you enjoy it. Let's say you live to 90. 90 years of enjoyment. When you die, it's gone. If you store up in heaven, how long do you get to enjoy it, guys? eternity. Do you see the difference? Do you see why you store your things? One reason why you store them in heaven? Because down here you just have a fleeting moment to share them. But when you get to heaven those that you stored up there someone in heaven because you planted a seed through a missionary or you planted a seed through um, someone doing God's work and you want to invest in it. You get a portion of that. Did you know that? <clears throat> Those of you that share this program, and if it helps somebody, because, listen to me. Because you shared it on social media, you receive a reward of the person touched by you getting it out to them. It's like John calls a missionary work. Isn't that awesome? Folks, you and I need to be about God's business because I don't know about you, but I want to store up a lot in heaven. A lot. And I want to keep storing it, and keep storing it. But we have to be about his business. What is his business? Calling on your life. <clears throat> Whatever you're called to do. It. Things rust, but souls don't. <laughs> Things rust, but souls don't. Let's continue on with Matthew 13, 10, and 11. Matthew 13, 10, and 11. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. Now, if we're not careful, we're thinking God's doing parables so people can't hear. I don't want them to hear. No, 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 no. You're going to find out that's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was not saying, <clears throat> I'm going to reveal it to you now, but I don't want them to be able to know what I'm saying. No. I don't care if it was Jew or Gentile. He was called first to the Jews. We know that. <clears throat> but we can give you several examples where Jesus, because of the faith of the Gentile, he leaped right over what he was called to do and healed. The centurion's servant, the woman that was called pup, a dog, at the table. Just two examples, Naaman, with leprosy. It was because of their faith. And Jesus had already made comment that we're called first to the Jews. And we knew that time was coming when he calls the Gentile and we're grafted in. We know that. That's awesome. So thankful. But there there are times because of faith, Jesus would jump right over what he was called to do at that moment and just jump right over that and heal that woman. Heal that centurion's servant. And they were not Jewish. Naaman, not a a Jewish person at all. But God, Jesus jumped right over uh, what he was called to do at the moment because he saw faith. And you can't please them without it, but you sure can if you have. To better understand, okay, thank you. To better understand verse 10 and 11, let's now look at verse 13 to 15, okay? 13 to 15. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In verse 14 and 15, we will get some insight into what Jesus was saying about the unbeliever and not understanding the parables, which I mentioned. Quote, and in them the the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will not hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will not see and not perceive. Now let's move on. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Did you hear that? The ones that couldn't hear the parables? Listen to what it says here, folks. The hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Now, here's basically what Jesus is doing. If you have ears to hear, hear. If he speaks in parables to the Jewish people... If you're over here and you're not dull of hearing and you're willing to hear and you're open to the gospel and receive Jesus, you can hear. I hope you get that. He wasn't telling you that I'm hiding this from them. That's not what he was doing. Let me repeat that one more time before we close for today. Their hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes, they have closed. Now do you get a different perspective on how Jesus talked about using parables and why he did? It wasn't to keep people from hearing and understanding. He knew they couldn't hear. Their hearts were closed and their eyes were closed. It says that they have closed. They have decided. They chose. That's why they didn't understand the parable. I'd like to continue with this, but I'll stop right there. Well, thank y'all for being with us. The next week, we'll try to continue on and breaking down the importance of our decisions. Are we dull of hearing? Are our, heart, our, our hearts hardened, or have we closed our eyes? If if you open yourself up to Jesus and give yourself to Him and trust Him, He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. It's called faith again. Jesus, we want to thank you for the privilege of being together. <clears throat> your word and what you're trying to teach us and show us because you love all of us. You're not withholding any good work from anybody. If we're willing to hear, if we're willing to believe in you, Jesus, and seek your face, and yes, turn from our wicked way as a church, you'll heal our land. You'll bless us. You'll do things for us. You'll prepare a way for us and work things out. And we praise you for it. We claim it. And those that need healing in their body right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak complete healing. I see wholeness. I see healing. I see perfection. because That's the way you do things, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. We curse all those things that come against us in the name of Jesus. If you'll stick around a little while, I'll be preaching this morning on believing without offense. We'll talk about that this morning if you want to stick around at le- after 11 this morning. But thank you for being with us. Please hit like and share. We appreciate it so much. Help us to get the word out. Planting seeds, that's what we're all about. Thank you.